paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. Hey, yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Kickback Pod, episode 48. We're going into like two years of doing this pod. So happy to be doing it with you, my man, Fobs. Uh, we're, we're in completely different continents right now. I'm back in, in the six. I'm back in Toronto um, with my parents, staying at my parents' house for, for, for the Christmas holidays this year while Fobs is back in Berlin. I'm hearing from a lot of people who are still in Berlin that it's really, really, really cold over there right now. Is that true? Dude, it is freezing. I mean, I don't know how cold it is in Toronto, and it's probably colder there than here, but it's been a solid, like, negative 5 to negative 8 for, like, a whole week. And um, the wind chill obviously makes it a lot colder here, too. So I was riding my bike back yesterday from... Uh, I, I actually had uh, lunch with, with Amadeus from Oshuan. Um, the homie shout out to Amadeus at this uh, at this point and man I had the I had the thickest gloves on and I was still ice cold um, so yeah it's been it's been brick as they say in uh, in New York and other parts of the Northeast dude why are you riding a bike when it's minus any degrees outside that that is crazy to me I can never do that yeah, I used to be someone who I put my bike away in like October, November, and then didn't dig it back out until like March, April. But I don't know, it just, it's so much more efficient because I can get from A to B a lot quicker. Yeah, it's cold, but I get there quicker. Yeah, no, I get that. It's all about, we talked about this in the last pod, man. It's all about German efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> the real, the real German efficiency. The real German efficiency. Yeah, uh, it's actually been pleasantly very nice weather-wise here in Toronto. Like, the coldest day was, like, minus one. And I'm very surprised because this is the first time I've been back to Toronto in the wintertime since 2017. So I've been going back every year, but I always go back in the summertime. So I was really bracing myself for that Canadian winter. And so far, at least, it hasn't happened. So it's been pleasantly nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be back in the six. Um I was once again reminded why there's like little to no like sneaker culture in this country. And that's because every sneaker brand seems to really not give a shit about Canada. Like, first of all, like I was today this morning, the Jordan 1 Travis Scott Low, the black pair released. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to like wake up, try to get this, uh, try to enter the sneakers draw. I look at the time it's releasing. Man, you know what time of sneakers draws happen over here? Like 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. Man, 6 a.m. I had to put my alarm for 5.55 a.m. Wake up in the morning, just take a quick L, go back to sleep. That's like, ridiculous. Man, you know how... it's First of all, it's shitty to take L's at 9 a.m. Like, imagine taking an L at 6 a.m. Like, I haven't even meditated yet, haven't even done my morning workout yet, but I already got an L. Like that, that's the energy I start my day off with, man. Like it's it's just it's not right, man. Dude, it's and they it's don't even have a sneakers app. It's tough out there in the north, man. They don't even have a sneakers app in this country, man. Like like Nike Nike didn't even bother hiring a couple of developers to to create an app for the app store in Canada. They're just like, man, we don't care about these guys. Also, <laughs> it's so obvious like- they don't. Isn't like everything more expensive there too, right? Like in terms of the retail price? Well, see, that's what I thought until I went to the Adidas original store yesterday. And I I just wanted a pair of Sambas, right? And I found uh, just a pair of Sambas there. The retail price was 110 Canadian dollars. With tax, it's about 130 Canadian dollars, which if you convert to euros, that's about 79, 78, 9. 79 euros for a brand new pair of Adidas Sambas. That same pair on Adidas uh, Germany is 120 euros retail, which oh, is kind of wild. Okay, like that, that's, that's like that's like almost a $40 difference. Um, yeah, uh, but but that that seems to be just with the Adidas. I, I, with the other brands, it's pretty similar price wise. But it's weird though, right? Because Adidas is supposed to be a German brand, 
So you would assume it's cheaper, but it's not. <laughs> Maybe they see a gap in the market. They're like, ah, yeah, everyone else is just shitting on Canada. So let's like throw them, throw them a bone and make some stuff a little bit cheaper. Oh here. yeah, that's that might be it. Yo, well, shout out Adidas for showing some love to Canadians. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's uh that's that's what's been happening so far. Happy to be back uh, back home. Uh, let's give a shout out to our listener of the week. And that the listener of the week this week is Justin Team. Shout out to Justin. Uh, you, uh, I, le- I saw a comment you left on one of my videos that you have been listening since episode one. So shout out to you, man. Thank you for tuning in for the last couple of years. We appreciate it. And uh, actually, before we even get into you know what we've been wearing, latest pickups, let's tell the audience really quickly what this episode is going to be about so um, our end of year top 10 sneakers, that's going to be the next episode. Uh, we wanted to end the year off with that episode. So this episode instead is going to focus on the top sneaker moments of 2022. So that could be the best releases. And I, and I don't mean like the best sneaker, the sneakers themselves, mainly about the best rollout, the best marketing, the best release method that certain sneakers had this year. Also, some of the best trends we've seen in sneakers this year. And also just generally some of the biggest moments that happened in sneaker culture. So we're going we're gonna to get into that in this episode. So let's start it off with what we have been wearing. Fobs, you start us off. So I have been wearing the uh, Sakai Nike Cortez in the OG colorway a lot recently. Um, and... First of all, I mean, I've said it before on uh, the last few episodes. Shout out to you for helping me pick these up. I think these actually dropped the day that Lenny was born. Uh, and no so way. I, Seriously? I, I think so. I think it was like the 1st of September or maybe it was like the the whatever, the 30th or 31st. I don't know how many days August has. But um, we were in the hospital, I know for sure, and I was trying to cop these. And um, the hospital internet was terrible. So I was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Um, and then you, you got me a pair, which was super, super nice. I love the shoe, but I have to say I am extremely disappointed in the design because they, they are super comfortable, but they have that double stacked sole, right? And it's really wobbly. It almost feels like you're wearing heels. And like I said, I've been wearing them quite a lot this past week and I've almost twisted my ankle on several occasions wearing these like i keep f- falling to the sides um so they are definitely not stable they do look super nice and i you know i love the shout out to the og cortez colorway i love the zoom AirPod in the forefoot makes them really comfortable if you're just standing there but if you're walking around they are extremely wobbly which surprised me but i guess yeah it's it's a shame because this was one shoe that I was super super excited for this whole year. That's crazy, man! Because I've I've watched a bunch of YouTuber videos about that shoe, and um, I haven't heard of anyone saying that. So it's good to hear some some like real life feedback from you uh, since that you've been walking around. You sure it's not all the ice that's been on the streets <laughs> in berlin <laughs> no definitely like it definitely is the shoes like they're so the 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 double stacked sole is wider on the top and lower on the bottom and so i think the fact that the shoe is so oh. heavy and big and you're kind of the cortez normally your feet come over the sole anyway right because of the construction and this is even more exaggerated even more pronounced that it does make it a little wobbly may i mean maybe it's also just like the way that i walk maybe i have a weird gait but um yeah i was wait, a little what, bit wait what what the hell what the hell is a gait a gait is like you're walking um the way that your legs move when you walk that's called it's, a gait yeah it's spelled g-a-i-t yeah g-a-i-t i'm pretty sure no maybe there's, way man maybe there's an e at the end but it, it's a it's a real word man google it um, what, and I'm man, sure some I'm, of the I'm, listeners can, okay. uh, can... I've can, never heard of this word. I feel like this should be the name of our episode, Walking Through the Gate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it's it's definitely... I mean, like I said, it could be me, but I just don't feel very stable in the shoes, which is a shame because it would have been like my go-to. Uh, even during the winter months, it's a white shoe, but like I don't really care. 
So I probably won't be wearing this as much as um, I intended to in the beginning, but it's a shoe that I'm going to keep just because it's, you know, very meaningful to me uh, because I'm a big Cortez fan. Um, so yeah, a little bit disappointed, but it's still a dope shoe. What about you? What have you been wearing? Wait, wait, before we get into that, did you see that new gray colorway that dropped? Yeah, that was nice too. I, you, you like that one too? Yeah. Interesting. Your your feedback is very. I never thought of it, but you're you're totally right. It must feel like a heel, right? Because the the two midsoles, the top one is the top one is a lot thicker than the lower one, so it kind of like slants down. Exactly. So it does kind of that. I mean, that's what that's how high heels are, right? So I, I get what you mean. So okay, well, a bit of a design flaw then. I think so too. Um, yeah. Well, so as far as what I've been wearing, I only took two pairs of shoes with me on this three-week trip to Toronto because I anticipated buying some shoes here. Um, so the first is the Lost and Founds. It is the hottest shoe that dropped this year, and I felt like I just really needed to bring that on the trip since it was such a recent drop as well. Um, big mistake, to be honest, because it's been snowing quite a bit here, and I should have maybe brought those like UGG shoe protector things that a lot of the TikTokers have been using uh, because like right now my shoes are kind of getting destroyed a little bit. And the other shoe that I brought was the uh, protection pack, the gray colorway. Uh, and I brought that pair because it's just like my favorite shoe to take to the airports because it looks great with like, you know, like an airport fit, which is like just sweatpants up top. No, sorry, sweatpants and then like sweater, just like the whole like super cozy fit. And I feel like these shoes just so look so great with a very cozy fit. So uh, th those are th that's it. That's all I've been wearing. I am going to be, uh, oh, I did also buy a pair of Sambas at the Adidas store, which I haven't worn yet. Just like a regular, not a collab or anything, just like a GR Samba. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's that's what I've been rocking. Uh, let's get into our latest pickups. So I can go first. So uh, three pickups before I came to, uh, before I flew to Canada. The first was the New Balance 1906R in that green and white colorway this was just a gr pair and i was really really looking forward to this shoe it seemed to drop in the us a long time ago like maybe two months ago it was waiting and waiting for the european drop i saw that they finally released at foot locker uh sorry foot patrol definitely wouldn't release that foot locker but at <laughs> foot patrol um and i went ahead and copped it i uh, got it in my size and very, very pleased with the shoe because um, I think the colorways, these three colorways, which was there was a white and green, a white and red, and a white and gray, I believe, they look so good on this model. And to me, it looks even way better than that OG uh, collab pair with This Is Never That. Uh, I really like these colorways. The green one, super mood board friendly, very hidden New York type of vibe with its white, green, and cream colorway. And I think it's great. And I think I've said this before because because this pair has like a completely mesh upper, I find that it's actually even more comfortable than the 2002R. It's got the same uh, cushioning unit, which is which is based off of a New Balance 860 V2. So it's got the same cushioning that we all love in the 2002R. But in addition to that, it's got like a very breathable upper, which is mainly mesh. So I think overall, it's actually a more comfortable sneaker than the 2002R, which is already a very comfortable shoe. Yeah, so, I was going to say that's saying something because the 2002 was very, very comfortable and surprisingly so. I think it is mostly down to the cushioning unit. And if mm -hmm. that has stayed the same, then, you know, it isn't surprising the 1906R is also comfortable. But yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Those colorways so so nice all three of them i think there were a bunch of other ones that have released or will be releasing there's like a gold one and a navy one yeah um all of them really really on point lovely shoe very very nice um next one i got is what i think is one of the most underrated releases of the year the jordan one low voodoo uh this was a collab with nba superstar zion williamson and uh, i'm surprised this shoe hasn't gotten more hype really because you just look at it, look at all of the insane details on this pair. It's very much like like the colorway really gives me like a Travis Scott type of vibe with all its super earth tones. and uh, But it has way more details than simply just a reverse swoosh. It's got a whole mix of materials. It's made out of suede, hemp, as well as canvas. 
the race the, the races the laces come with uh, rope style laces there's also a bunch of cool little design details really really great pair in my opinion the only thing missing is i wish they gave us like a more custom jordan one box rather than your everyday box but besides that i think it's a great pair and um considering resale prices right now below 300 euros for this pair i feel like it's a huge steal compared to like a travis scott reverse mocha for example which is literally just a jordan one low with a reverse swoosh it's a nice colorway yeah but i don't know if it's worth 1300 or 1500 that those are going for right now i would personally much rather have these voodoo lows for around this 200 euro price range i think it's a pretty great pair uh have you have you seen that one yeah i thought it was interesting i'm always a bit wary when it comes to these kinds of pe versions of jordans for jordan signed players like zion williamson i think uh jason tatum is another one um but I do have to admit that it is quite nice. The colors work really well. And I like the voodoo inspiration, which I believe is or comes from New Orleans and uh, that whole area, right? Where like a lot of voodoo is practiced, it, I think. It could. It, I'm not sure where exactly the inspiration came from, but they really tried to incorporate that voodoo concept into the shoes by putting like a whole bunch of different materials mismatched colors because that's kind of how voodoo dolls are made they're just made using like random materials put together so i thought that concept was executed really well but yeah a great pair uh and finally uh last pickup was none other than dj khaled we the best we the best definitely we the best leather because the leather on this pair I said it in my review. I think it's the best leather we've seen on any Jordan release, period, this year. Um, and there's been stories about DJ Khaled actually going way above budget for Jordan brand. Uh, in order to manufacture these shoes, he wanted like the butteriest feeling leather. And it really came through because the shoes, leather is just so soft, insanely soft. Haven't felt that on a Jordan model in a while. And on top of that, more premium details. You got the inner lining which is quilted very similar to like the ama maniers similar to the just dons also um so very luxury feeling type of shoe and my favorite part which is the tongue of the sneaker you know everyone it's either like you hate it or you love it the jordan 5 tongues they're usually really thick and really fat but the uh these ones very 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 thin tongue uh kind of like inspired by the off-white fives i suppose but that really nice tin, thin tongue with the quilted lining, really nice. The only thing I don't like, of course, is that on the back of the shoe, it says in big letters in a pretty, in my opinion, not so nice font. It says, we the best on the back of the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only thing I wish they changed. But uh, I mean, it is DJ Khaled's shoe, so uh, it kind of makes sense that it's there. But other than that, like great execution on a pair of fives. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, you, I mean, it's good to hear that the quality is good and I do love the pastel colorways. It's just the Jordan 5 is just not, not my sneaker and DJ Khaled is just not my type of DJ. He, <laughs> I find him very, very obnoxious, especially the whole rollout for these shoes was so obnoxious. Like the, the, I love the rollout. Was, I love man, the rollout. The, the videos uh, are so annoying. Like the way no, he's always like, presenting them and he's like, Look at this. Look at this. Oh, look at that. Mm, 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 mm. And then like you, placing him in front of the camera just ah. Oh, so did you, did you see did you see the video when he like uh, rolled out like a whole private jet that just had like a bunch of the Jordan 5s inside and a bunch of like waiters in the jet like holding the Jordan 5 on like a serving tray. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's probably where most of the budget went instead of the materials that went into oh, the yeah. rollout. Probably. Um, no, but th those are some solid pickups. I think uh, we have one of those rare weeks where I have more pickups than you, which happens probably <laughs> once or twice a year. Wow. Okay, let's get into them. So my first pickup is the Slam Jam Nike Air Force One, which actually just dropped, I think, early this week or even, no, late last week. And... I have to say, I have it right here. Oh. It is so sexy. I mean... What is like that middle panel made out of? Mesh. Like the same mesh that you have kind of inside the sneakers sometimes. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this shoe is that 
Slam Jam always goes above and beyond when they collaborate with Nike. I mean, look at their Dunk High, which I have. Look at their um, Blazer High as well, where they flip the swoosh in a much more creative way than uh, a certain, um, what's his name? Rapper. Uh, Travis Scott. No, I think they, they always go above and beyond. They really put a lot of effort into it, a lot of effort into the materials. You were just talking about the DJ Khaled 5s. I mean, the leather on this is amazing. They've got the mesh middle panel. They've got a nice gray suede heel tab and swoosh. They've got two laces. And what I really love about this is just the subtle color differences. So the leather on this is more of a like a sail, not a white. Then you've got a white midsole. And then you've got like this wolf gray outsole, which contrasts really, really nicely with the midsole. You've got a darker gray heel tab and swoosh. You've got two pairs of laces, one of which is like just decorative and more of a white color. And then you've got these thicker fettuccine band laces that are a nice wolf gray. You've got the Slam Jam Nike logo link up on the tongue tab and my favorite detail is the Slam Jam logo on the perforations on the toe box. I mean, the detail oh, that's that went pretty into nice. this beautiful, beautiful shoe. I'm so, so, so glad I got these for retail. They were sitting for quite a while, and um, I actually bought them the day after they dropped because I had them in my cart, but I was out with friends having dinner and forgot to check out. And then I checked them the next day, and my size was still in stock. Very, very underrated pair. I mean, the retail was a little bit expensive. They cost 170 euros or 170 dollars. Whoa, plus, for Air Force One? Yeah, it's a lot for Air Force Ones. But trust me, the quality on these is worth it. And just the colorway, I mean, it's beautiful. It's like this like gray, cream, off-white, white colorway. Definitely a classic. Definitely a future classic. So that was that, my that, first pickup. That shoe, it's like, it, it, it's so you. It's like your colors. And it's your favorite shoe, too, the Air Force One. Yeah, so it, it's, it's like a, made for you. Wait, but does it? Classic. Wait, I have a question though. Does it say "Love You Forever" on the midsole? It does not. And I was actually very tempted to also get that, um, but uh, I then chose the Slam Jam over this one because I, I just couldn't get two Air Force Ones in the same week, especially <laughs> two collaborative uh, Air Force Ones. If I didn't get the Slam Jam, I probably would have picked up the Drake pair, uh, just cause I thought it was, I had to get, to... I, I had to get, I actually, I, I forgot to mention it because I didn't actually see my pair. I ordered it and then got delivered to my house. And then I already went to Canada by then, but I had to get that man. I'm the biggest Drake fan ever. And it's nice to know that he loves me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves all of us. He loves um, all my of second, us. my second pickup was the high Snobody Mizuno wave rider 10, which, uh, high Snobody was kind enough to send over to me. Nice pair. You guys all know that I'm a big fan of the wave rider 10, super comfortable shoe. I would rank as one of the top three, maybe top five comfortable shoes in my rotation. And the high Snobody colorway was quite nice. It's got these hits of blue and red with a white and translucent upper, then I got myself a pair of triple white Solomon XT6s. I got those to customize, but they're so nice that I might keep them all white. I'm not sure yet. So if you guys have any thoughts on that, obviously you, let you us know. You've seen the kit? You've seen the kit dropping this week? I have seen the kit ones. I think the the like orangey red colorway is super nice. The other two I'm not really convinced because I don't like the contrasting um, side stripes. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, overall, super, super nice drop. Obviously, Gore-Tex, Solomon is always great. Um, no, but yeah, so these triple white Solomons, not sure if I'm going to keep them triple white. Stay tuned for that. Then I was sent a pair of Puma Resuades. I've talked about this on, on this podcast and on Oshuan as well in the past. The project is a really cool one because it's Puma exploring whether they can make a biodegradable shoe so that, you know, people buy the shoe send it back, have it biodegraded, and then either get, you know, some sort of credit or a new shoe shoe in return, which is then made out of whatever's biodegraded um, as part of the Oshuan um, project. We, uh, we were testing these shoes, wearing them and gave our feedback on them. They were kind enough to send out a new pair, which is really nice because I love the suede and the colorway on this one was super nice too. Um, but my, final pickup of this week is a very special one and at this point i need to give amadeus a second shout out because 
he blessed the whole Oshuan squad with a Nike Dunk High by you or by Oshuan. Um, super dope pair. White Nike Dunk High with a green swoosh, a nice heel tab with O on the back, and then these like really cool hiking inspired laces with like a lace toggle on them. Um, yeah, really, really big fan of those. Super comfortable. Already worn them. They were actually a Christmas present, but of course I had to open it early. So uh, shout out at uh, shout out to Ama at this point. Uh, much, much appreciated. I've, I saw pictures of those, man. Those look fire. And that's a pretty nice idea to, to give everyone on the squad uh, yeah. a pair. Hey, when when we uh, when kickback hits four years, we'll we'll probably try and try and do some uh, kickback. Oh, definitely. Well. Now we're we're gonna get we're gonna get like a collab with some major brand, man. It's, there's gonna be like the kickback New Balance 2002 <laughs> or something dropping. It's gonna be wild. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Cool. So yeah. Wow, man. A lot of pickups for you. That's 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 a big big week. A big couple of weeks. I mean, pre, pre-Christmas pickups, right? So I had to, uh, had to splurge a little bit. Let's get into our main topic of the day. We're going to get into the biggest sneaker moments. Uh, let's, let's start off with um, the biggest uh, or the most noteworthy releases. And like I said earlier, not really the, about the shoes themselves, but just about the way the shoes got released. So the whole marketing around it, the rollout, the release method. Uh, what really stood out to us this year. Um, so I can go first. So one that I thought was really great was what happened with the Tom Sachs general purpose shoe. So we all know how limited Tom Sachs shoes were in the past. And uh, it was uh, something that Tom Sachs really wanted to avoid with the upcoming releases. So he really wanted the, these pairs, the general purpose shoes, to be much more widely available. And I thought it was really dope how they uh, decided to sell those shoes at Kohl's department store uh, all over the U.S. And I, I didn't know much about Kohl's, to be honest, uh, since I am not American and we don't have that in Canada. So I had to Google what that was. But they're a pretty big chain. They're, there's like 1,600 uh, stores across the country, which is crazy. So I'm not sure if every store got the, got the Tom Sachs. But either way, I thought it was really dope how he tried to sell these at places you typically wouldn't find hype sneakers such as a Kohl's department store I thought that was really cool and um, uh, really kind of served his purpose that he was trying to fulfill by making the shoes as widely available as possible also it turns out that because there was so much quantity on this pair the resale prices weren't too bad uh, pretty easy to get this shoe I managed to get my size I did pay resale but I got it for a very very I thought affordable price um, and I was pretty happy with it. It's a nice shoe, uh, the yellow pair specific, uh, specifically. And uh, yeah, that was that was my first uh, nice or noteworthy release. Uh, let's, yeah, I think you, you got one. No, I mean I was gonna say I really agree with you there that you know it's definitely cool to see, you know whatever you want to call Tom Sachs, a collaborator, a designer, creative, whatever. Um, really following through on their promise, right? Because he said the general purpose shoe will be a shoe that everyone gets and they will restock. So don't pay resale or at least don't pay incredible resale prices. Um, and it's it's a nice full circle moment because as you said, his previous releases have been super hyped. They've been super limited. And I feel like those kind of served as a, a test run for this release in the end. And it, it, it's kind of been a journey for Tom Sachs and Nike and I'm not saying that the journey has come to an end, but it's this project at least has come to a conclusion and he's been able to release shoes uh, to the public where they're super widely available and everyone who wanted to get one pretty much could get one. You know, um, using another example, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about this person, but Kanye West saying, you know, everyone will have Yeezys, right? I mean, it took ages for that to happen. And the 350 V2 is probably the closest... Yeezy has come to providing a shoe that almost everyone can have, right? It's still quite an expensive retail price even. Um, but that, for me, stands like in a little bit of a contrast to what Tom Sachs has done, right? It, it, I mean, sure, it's also taken years, but I think as soon as the general purpose shoe was announced, it was announced that this is a shoe for everyone. Everyone will be able to have it, and boom, 
pretty much everyone was able to have it at a relatively affordable retail price and then also even resale price. So um, definitely something cool because I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but you know, generally shoes have pretty much not dominated this year, but have performed much better in relation to in relation to um, collaborations this year than in previous years. You know, previous years collaborations hyped, uh, limited releases were the be all and end all. But nowadays, it's kind of changing, and the focus is shifting more to more widely available, generally shoes or generally models or generally colorways. And it's cool that you know uh, Tom Sachs and Nike have been able to do that too with a collaborative shoe. Yeah, really, really, really dope. Uh, you got one for us? Yeah, so I mean, I have one and I, uh, judging from our discussions about this release last or two episodes ago, I think we're going to have differing opinions here. But my best release or top sneaker release of the year was the Amamanir 4s because... Um, I mean, generally, I'm a huge fan of whatever James Whitner and his team do, whether it's through social status, through Ama Manier. They always put a lot of thought into their product releases. And for the past few years, their product releases have always had a message, a very strong social and political message. And I know politics can, you know, go both ways. It can, you know, divide a lot of people. Um, I believe that the Amamania 4s did that, judging by the responses online. I thought it was great. For those of you who missed the release or didn't see what happened, basically you could get your hands on a pair of Amamania 4s early or basically guarantee yourself a pair from the release by posting a video about one social issue that you care about. And you basically had to make a video and talk about what that social issue is, why it's important to you, what you want to change about it and what you want to see politicians and, and the community and stuff do to change it. And I thought, and this is my personal opinion, I thought it was great because I feel like, especially in America, right? I'm, I'm looking through this uh, with an American lens. I think, although, I mean, you could apply this to a lot of different countries. Voter turnout is always very low, especially in the U.S., uh, especially among specific demographics, age groups, uh, you know, age brackets. And I think getting people to show their passion about certain social issues, political issues, and then actually, you know, walk the, or walk the walk instead of just talking the talk and talk about what they want to change, how they're going to change it, what they're going to do. Um, is you know a quick and easy way to try and win a sneaker that you want you know and it's a, I, I thought it was a good way of combining things um, because like I said all you have to do is make a video post it whatever think of something that's important to you and talk about it for a little bit and then you know hopefully eventually actually go out and do what you said you were gonna do so um, I thought that was a nice way of bridging the gap between all the social issues in the US and also worldwide and a sneaker release um, but Josh, I know you have a, a different opinion there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had this release on my list as well, but for the opposite reason, like I actually thought it was the worst release of the year. Um, and I think it's because, um, like you were saying politics, yeah, it can be very divided. Sure. But I think there's also a lot of people who simply don't care about politics. Um, you said it, voter turnout is low. That's because a lot of people just simply don't care about voting. So a lot of people think their votes don't matter. And um, I think, uh, I mean, I'm definitely in that camp. I'm not someone who's like very left-leaning or very right-leaning. Like I, I don't, I simply am not, I'm politically indifferent. Like I don't, I don't, there isn't really any political issue that I'm very much, I would say like passionate about, especially passionate enough to make a video. And if you just read the comments on that Instagram post where they announced the release, I mean, it was pretty obvious that the majority of people was were very against this release method. Like, we follow Ama Manier, we follow their social media pages because we like their products, we like what they sell, we like their collabs. I mean, I, I didn't think that mixing politics and shoe releases was a good idea uh, because you're alienating a lot of people who just simply don't care about politics. Um, 
and also like it was just a lot of effort man like make a whole video like i gotta do what like a whole powerpoint presentation now just to get some shoes like it's it's like it like it made me think like you know what i think i'm better off just paying resale like i don't want to do all this especially about some topic that i'm gonna like fake myself into making it seem like i'm passionate about it you know like i i i just thought it was a bit too much i felt like a lot of people just reading the comments a lot of people seemed to agree that it was just a bit too much just to get some shoes you know like we just want to get the shoes man we don't we don't want to like tell you why of you know whatever topic is so terrible in the country you know like i just want the shoes so yeah but but that this was the early release, right? There was still the normal Amamania release, which you copped on, right? Yeah. And then there were releases in on Nike sneakers as well as at retailers worldwide. So basically what they did was they just, I don't know how many it was. Let's say it was like 10%, 15% of their own stock, right? Amamania stock. They carved that out for a special early release to you know to anyone who wanted to take part and i think that's where i disagree with the instagram comments like if you think it's corny if you don't want to put the effort in then don't do it right because yeah but but initially okay like if i correct me if i'm wrong all right but initially when that post first went up i clearly remember seeing that uh they wrote in like big letters that there will be no other online release of this shoe and I think they changed it after they saw all the feedback on it. So, like, I, I think, like, all that anger, all those posts came from that initial post about, like, the release method. And, I, yeah, I mean, they did have an online release, which is, like, okay, I'm grateful for that. I was able to cop. But, like, if, if that was the only release method, like, I, I think a lot of people would have had a problem with it. I mean... Fair, right? But also, I think it's just as fair for Amamanier, whose uh, you know founder and team is—they are very socially active in their community. They're very politically active as well on Instagram and on their social channels. I think if that's their identity as a retailer and that's the way they want to go, like I'm not saying everyone has to like it, right? So like you're you're well within your rights to not agree with it, just as everyone else is as well. But I think. They're also well within their rights to say, nah, fuck it. This is the way we want to go. This is the message we want to we want to leave. And so that's why I thought it was good because they were kind of doing their own thing. They were doing something different. And I mean, there's been raffles in the past. Like what's that one retailer in the UK? Um, Offspring. They do a lot of these kinds of stuff, right? Like a lot of these random raffles where you have to do a video or a challenge or whatever. Um, to get your shoe, and I know a lot of people complain about that as well. Um, but it's usually it's always sneaker related, though the videos. It's like it's like if 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 when I think when the Off White Fives came out, they were like, "Oh, show us your Jordan Five collection in a video." You know, like okay, I get that. You know, they want to give it to the real Jordan Five fans. But like this was this was a bit different. Yeah, true. But again, I think whilst people are well within their rights to not like it and disagree with it, I think the retailer is well within their rights to release it however they want. And I would much prefer releases be like this than have a trophy room back door, for example. Oh, you know? 100%. Like, no no doubt about that. <laughs> like, that that had to go down as the worst release in history. I mean, the trophy Definitely. rooms. They're, but, they're um, getting another release as well. I think uh, sometime in next year, 2023, I think there were some leaks. Anyway, that was so basically that was my pick for best sneaker release moment or whatever and then i know you have uh you have another one as well yeah uh i have another one and that is gucci and adidas on the on the gazelles and i thought everything about this release well of course the shoes themselves gorgeous but i thought like even the whole marketing behind it the visuals the colors were just so um visually stunning to look at just I remember just like opening up the confirmed app and as soon as I saw uh, those like super bright colors of the Gucci Adidas, I, I kind of like felt compelled to click it. And then I just kept seeing more and more beautiful designs, um, beautiful visuals, the art direction, the even like, I guess like the, the set, wherever the hell they filmed uh, or they took these pictures, I thought was just beautiful. Like whoever was in charge of that art direction or f- uh, photography direction. I don't even know what to call it, to be honest. But whatever it was, I thought it was beautiful. And then, like, visiting 
the stores themselves like i went to um the gucci uh i guess like booth in uh, selfridges in the uk and i saw like the whole display they set up for the adidas collab and it was like so nice to look at like it was just the the models the uh, mannequins like everything was just so nice and like it, it just it just looked it looked really good not just on not not just at the store it looked amazing on on your screens uh it it, it i felt really added to how nice the shoes were um and i thought that was a good example of like how to make a visually stunning marketing campaign for a shoe I agree. I agree. I think the whole collection from the apparel to the shoes was so perfect. It was so Gucci. It was so 70s. It was so Adidas. And that's why when the um, collaboration was first announced, I remember you were kind of skeptical and I was saying that, no, this is like the perfect high fashion or like high luxury fashion uh, sportswear collaboration. And because the brand's identities are so similar, at least like parts of their era overlap so well, like their seventies were so big for both Gucci and for, for Adidas, at least the seventies aesthetic. So, um, I'm glad, I'm glad to see you came around. I know you got the, the dopest colorway as well. The, the gazelle, um, super, super nice. I've seen some other people post on Instagram too. And yeah, whew, what a nice shoe. And, um, I agree that everything from, the way they set up the stores to the models they use to the styling to you know everything the billboards etc perfectly perfectly done and i mean it stands in stark contrast to the balenciaga adidas collaboration which was also very balenciaga but i don't know it's more like shock value bullshit in my opinion and none of the pieces there were any good so um i'm very very glad that even if I didn't buy a pair or many people didn't buy a pair because they were quite expensive. I'm glad that we as a community, as a culture got this release because it, it's just nice to look at and it's nice to kind of put into the portfolio of sneaker and streetwear culture. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Let's, uh, let's go into, I guess our best trends and I want you to go first because I feel like, um, uh, my trend is very meta. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later. <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, let's let's. What, what was your favorite trend you saw in the sneaker world this year? I mean, it's hard to pick just one, so I'm gonna do you know a bit of a shotgun method and pick a few. The first one that kind of jumped out to me was something that I mentioned earlier this episode, actually, and I loved the fact that generally sneakers were getting more and more popular. A great example of that is Birkenstocks, right? We've had some really good Birkenstock collaborations with Kith, with Stussy, um, with Dior even. But just the regular Arizonas and the regular Bostons were all over Instagram, all over my feed all year. And I think it's, I mean, it's testament to, I mean, I guess it's like two kind of trends, right? It's like the non-sneaker ugly shoe trend where Crocs kind of falls into as well. But it's also, I mean a great shoe that people are buying uh, general release versions of. Then you've obviously got Asics. I mean, Asics has Kiko Kostadinov in-house making great general release sneakers. They've still got some really, really, really dope collaborations as well. Um, Brain Dead collaboration is one of those. But they also have, I mean, I think there's obviously the Jound, Gel Cayano 14. But some of their strongest sneakers are generally sneakers. The Jalcano 14, for example, the 28, they're all getting really, really nice colorways that you see more and more of on the streets. I mean, especially in Berlin, I think every second person in Kreuzberg or in uh, Neukölln is wearing Jalcano 14s. Um, so really love that. Obviously, New Balance with Teddy Santis, a lot of generally love there. Although you could probably argue about whether or not those are actually generally sneakers. I would consider them uh, generally. And then... Also at Adidas, you've got the Gazelles, the Sambas, you've got some high-profile collaborations with Jound, with Gucci. Uh, Gucci obviously already released. Jound is coming up. Um, But those shoes are classics. They're back in a big way. You see them all over the feeds. Uh, People who previously never wore that shoe are now interested in that shoe, which is really cool to see. And then Another brand uh, that deserves a mention here is obviously Solomon because they have great collaborations. I'm looking at, you know, the the Kith Gore-Tex collaboration. They've got the um, Hidden New York collaboration. But most of the shoes that you see on your feed that are Solomon are generally sneakers. So I feel like this trend has been bubbling for a while, but it really 
almost reached its peak in 2022. And I'm very excited to see where it goes in 23 because it puts the onus back on the brands. Like, Hey, people don't just want collaborations. People want dope, you know, shoes that are widely available or are designated as generally shoes. So very, very excited to see what comes next year. So that was kind of the first, I guess, trend is maybe too strong of a word, but, uh, although, yeah, I mean, trend, you know, like vibe aesthetic thing that people are into at the moment. Um, the second one is a personal favorite of mine is that a lot of two thousands runners are coming back. You know, the new balance 1906 is a very two thousands esque runner. You've got the Mizuno wave rider 10, You've got the Gel Cayano 14. And then uh, another example of this is the Braindead Oakley collaboration that recently came out. A lot of very like 2000s vibey shoes. Nike Shocks was a big one in, you know, 2020, 2021. You know, has simmered down a little bit since then. But um, yeah, 2000s runners are definitely back. And, you know, fashion is cyclical, right? So a few years ago, it, w- it probably would have been 90s fashion and 90s sneakers that were coming back. Now you've got 2000s. And I think 2000s are relatively untapped because it's so recent and i would argue that you probably have more classics from the 90s than from the 2000s but there's some hidden gems there like i said the wave rider 10 is super underrated we discussed that last episode so that's one trend uh, that i'm really into and then another thing that i'm seeing develop right now which is too early to call a trend but i know that this is the direction that nike is pushing to is that the air force one is getting a lot of love i mean look at the collaborations we've got the slam jam we just talked about the drakes we've got the um fresh series right like the color of the day series you've got the um there's just a bunch of og colorways coming out the union was it the union collaboration that was like the patent leather really colorful pairs undefeated uh, undefeated not union undefeated um so there's a lot of love for the air force one i mean in general you see the you know the triple whites the uptowns is is what everyone's wearing you got triple blacks supreme has their you know restocking air force one dropping every season which is super cool to see and this is just the beginning and i feel like a lot of these releases have flown under the radar like if you ask most people they probably either didn't realize that slam jam released an air force one or didn't really care and I think 2023 is going to be a big year for the Air Force One. And you said it. I mean, it's one of my favorite shoes. It's uh, it's an absolute icon and um, such a wearable shoe that I'm very, very excited. I mean, I didn't even mention Ambush uh, Air Force Ones that are still two drop, I believe. Not a huge fan of the first two colorways. I would love to see some sort of like bread or royal colorway with that like elongated motocross inspired swoosh so yeah that's kind of what i'm looking forward to in 2023 because i know that there's you know rumblings there a lot of good stuff has happened already and a lot of good stuff is uh bound to come next year so your trend about the gr or the rise of the gr sneaker that kind of like um goes very well with uh, my basic trend that i have realized that's been happening for most of this year even last year not just in sneakers but even i would say in fashion and that's basically like the end of trending so i think things have stopped trending because everything is trending at the same time i know this sounds really meta but i kind of let me let me just kind of explain myself so like i remember growing up um there would be like one cool sneaker. So if someone in my school, you know, was wearing Jordans, that guy was wearing, that guy had the coolest shoes and nothing else was as cool. And then you fast forward to like mid 2010s, like if you had a pair of NMDs in the 2015, 2016, like that was by far, like undoubtedly the coolest shoe and everything else was just second tier. And then, um, then it moved on to like Yeezys, like the 350s, right? Like that was by far the coolest, most desirable shoe that everyone wanted, right? And you kind of like fast forward to this year and it seems to me that like doesn't matter what shoe it is, everything is kind of like trending because there's like subgroups online. There's, there's like subgroups everywhere for um, whatever type of shoe you like. And I think, I know this is going to sound like a crazy reason, but I actually think the TikTok algorithm has a lot to do with this. And I've seen people even in the fashion space say that it's because like the TikTok algorithm 
is so like incredible at like personalization. Like I, I've always said, you really want to get to know someone like, you know, don't talk to their closest friends. Like don't talk to like their mom. You really want to get to know someone. Just look at their TikTok feed because like that is like that's like the real person that the person is. Um, and I feel like doesn't matter what type of fashion you're into, what type of sneakers you're into. If you go on like those social media platforms, you'll pretty much just see that. And you'll see that you'll, you'll see like other people who wear the same things as you, other people who are really into the same type of fashion, the same type of sneakers as you. So you don't feel anymore that, okay, like these sneakers that I like are like no longer uncool. It's because like, it's so, it's so like, uh, if you go online, it's, it's so out there everywhere. The stuff that you're into, you're seeing other people into the same things. So nowadays it's like, there's uh like there's the people who love jordans you know like they're, they're still there they're still around and they're like jordan ones are still cool um then there's like the people who are just into like uh dad shoes and like 2000s runners like there's that community as well then of course there's the whole gorp core community that's like really into the solomons then we still have our air max guys like nothing is uncool anymore everything is cool because like there's like subgroups that are everywhere and um that's what that's what I've noticed. Like, there's no longer that like, if you don't have this sneaker, you don't have the coolest sneaker because everything is cool now. Um, I, I, does that make any sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think um, it's also yeah. Like, I wouldn't call it. You, you call it like the the end of sneaker trends, right? Where I think it's just the the anti homogenization of the community and that happens when it becomes mainstream it opens up a lot of new people join a lot of people find out more about it blogs podcasts creatives do a better job of explaining the community and explaining why they love it and what's so special about it and and the different niches as well right like you've got all these like mood boards that now have collaborations and stuff like that and i think that explosion of interest has led to this smorgasbord of um like what you said like niches and, and subcultures and i mean it's always been like a subculture with a lot of different sub subcultures but um it's it's definitely more apparent this year i would say than any other year yeah like every subculture i feel like has been growing and growing you know and, and it's not like just one culture seems to be growing way faster than the others it's just like everyone it's it's just way easier to find other people who are into the same things as you nowadays so um so it's i, I think that's really really cool and it's really healthy i think and and it's uh it, it lets people be a lot more expressive be a lot more unique because um it, you're no longer thinking like oh what i'm wearing is uncool you know because everything's cool now that that's that that's just what i feel and uh yeah that that's one of my favorite absolute favorite trends of uh of the last couple of years let's uh let's move into okay most memorable moments that happened just just overall moments that happened in sneaker culture this year and uh, i mean they don't have to necessarily be good or bad memories but uh, i mean i have and the reason i'm saying that is because i think probably the most memorable the most noteworthy thing that happened in the sneaker world this year was adidas dropping kanye uh of course like we, we spent a whole episode talking about this, so we're not going to get into that again. But it's by far like the most memorable moment to me because if you think about like Yeezy brand, what it has meant to the sneaker culture over the last six, seven years now, it's been like such a powerhouse that kind of just came up out of nowhere, right? Like we've had like all these really established sneaker brands that have been around forever, like Jordan, Nike, uh, New Balance, Asics. And then Yeezy brand was this whole new brand that started just in like 2015 16 and pretty much took over the sneaker world right like it became one of the most popular sneakers out there uh and not just among like you know the hype beasts like even uh, even um moms and dads wanted to wear 350s uh like this this was such a powerhouse of a sneaker brand so much so that it was it was delivering almost 10 percent of the revenue for adidas so to to have that like suddenly completely removed from the sneaker world was crazy. Of course, like yeah, the reasons were definitely valid for that to happen, and it should have happened. So, but but it was just it's just crazy. It, like it's on it's 
unreal to me that like next year we're not going to get any more Yeezys, right? Like that's because I just felt like it's just been part of like my life as like a content creator who makes sneaker videos. Like it's it's crazy to me that like I have no more Yeezy videos to make because I've I've been I've made so many Yeezy videos in the past and they're just gone now. And um, yeah, that that was that to me like come on that that had to be like number one craziest moment in the sneaker world. Yeah. You can't get around that moment for sure. I think in terms of what you just said, de- I mean, it's it's sad for many reasons, right? Because like you said, it, Yeezy and Adidas Yeezy has been part of a lot of people's journey through sneaker culture. And a lot of people, maybe that kickstarted their love for sneakers as well. And it was their entry point to sneaker culture. But at the same, and this is going to sound super cheesy, right? Like regardless of the man, whatever you think about him and what he said and what he's done, I think it's okay to still look back at what Yeezy has done, the brand Yeezy and the people that work for Yeezy and everything that Yeezy stands for over the past five years, right? Or six years or whatever it is, um, or even longer, it's 2014, so uh, eight years, right? So it's. I think it's, it's okay to look back and be like, damn, like they defined or Yeezy defined an era of sneaker culture and nothing can take that away from it, right? I think in 15, 20 years, you'll look back and be like, damn, remember that time where Yeezy was huge and this and this happened and then it ended? I mean, it ended in very controversial, in a very controversial way, in a, in a very terrible way, I would say as well. But um, I think in when we're a little bit further removed from it we'll look back and be like damn remember that time like remember waking up at saturdays at 8 a.m and watching that spinning wheel and, and waiting <laughs> yeah. to see if you got access like that was that was the shit back then you know and of i course. think it's definitely okay to look back at it and smile and be like that was really cool and that's kind of part i mean it's part of our journeys and our, our identity so yeah there's no no getting around that that was a big big moment um did you have anything else that you wanted to highlight yeah another moment i thought was uh I mean, it wasn't as big, but it's still pretty big, was Jound collabing with ASICS. And the reason for that is because Jound, undoubtedly one of the most hyped brands out there. We can get into whether or not it's deserved, but but Jound, whenever they collab on anything, whole sneaker world takes notice. They've done an amazing job with New Balance. They've done a great job with Reebok. And for them to do a collab with ASICS, I thought really opened the eyes for a lot of people who kind of ignored ASICs in the past. Because like, if you look at what they did with that ASICs collab, I know like I was always hating on it, like for a long time on this pod and on my, even on my videos. Yeah. You look at that ASICs collab, they didn't do much. They just took a very GR colorway. They wrote Jound on it. But I think just them doing that introduced that sneaker to a lot of people who weren't really into ASICs before. And now they looked at they're like, oh, wow, what is that shoe? What is that brand? Uh, I've never heard of that one. Those are pretty cool. And maybe kind of just put the planted that A6 seed in a lot of people's heads and kind of sh- like put a light on a brand that's been around forever. That's been a very respected brand. That's been um, one of the most popular brands in Asia. And I think it just kind of like put a, well, a really well-deserved spotlight on that brand. So, uh, yeah, that, that was my other big moment of the year yeah mine was and i mean it's a little bit similar to uh to what you said i mean john was all over the feeds but teddy santis and the new balance uh, gr lineup i thought there was no getting around that that was for me the defining moment of 2022 everyone was really excited to see what teddy santis would do with new balance and it made a huge bang it you know actually made new balance even cooler than it was before which is almost impossible and so for me uh, that was, I, I, there's not much more to say, right? It was just, that was the, the defining moment. Yeah. And it was th- those, that was so great because it was like every other week there was a new release. And like, just when you thought you didn't, you, you, you saw probably like the best colorway, like another colorway drops and you're like, damn, I need that. I need those too. And yeah. And they were all just GRs. And like, ha- like the fact that he was able to make GRs look so good and it, it wasn't just like we were we were looking at it with our like hype sunglasses on. Like it, it was the colorways spoke for themselves. Like they were really really nice colorways. Yeah, absolutely killed it with that with that uh, partnership. For sure. No. So I mean, now we looked at you know top releases, best trends, most memorable moments. I think we kind of 
wrapped up the year in a in a good way. Um, I'm excited for. I mean, we can already say next episode is going to be our top sneakers of the year. Um, and you mentioned it earlier in the episode in the intro. Very excited for that. Very excited for your list as well. Um, I'm now that we've talked about 2022. I think it was a really really good year uh, for sneakers. Um, I wasn't too sure about that a few weeks ago, but I think it was uh, at least very eventful. So um, I at at this point I want to say appreciate you. Uh, joining me on this uh, on this wild ride called 2022 bro yeah man definitely i i, I think you, you remember when we made our resolution at the start of the year and i said that i would try out many different sneaker brands i think like it wasn't just me i think a lot of people this year tried out a lot of different sneaker brands and i think that just kind of goes back to that like overarching trend of like everything is just cool now everything's popular now so like it's 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 totally fine. Like if you never saw yourself wearing a pair of Solomons before, it's, I mean, you, then you see your like number one uh, favorite celebrity or influencer person wearing it. All of a sudden you're like, okay, now that those are cool. And it, that's kind of what's, what's just happening now, right? Like it, it was a great year for sneakers because it wasn't just about Jordans. It wasn't just about a Yeezys. It was, a, it was about everything. And I actually really enjoyed overall this year and sneakers and shout out to you too, man, as always. One of my favorite things to do coming every two weeks, talking about one of our biggest passions here. So, and uh, also the listeners as well. You guys always giving us good feedback. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys for just tuning in every week as well. Uh, before we end the episode, wanted to get into the upcoming releases just to finish off the year before we close out 2022. We still got some pretty hype drops. Uh, so this episode should be dropping on i believe friday december the 16th so on the 16th we have a couple of pretty big releases we have the ebay dunks dropping the sb dunks that should be dropping on sneakers i believe on the 16th very limited quantities of course but good luck to you guys on that then we have the air max one i'm i'm not typically a big air max one guy but i really like these the air max one magma orange if you guys remember a couple of years ago, there was the Air Max One Master, which is just a bunch of different materials used on an Air Max One and um, a pretty iconic shoe. This time, they're once again using a bunch of different materials, but they're only using that on the mudguard. I thought it was pretty interesting and I would like the colorway as well. Uh, look for that to drop December the 16th. A few more releases next week, December the 19th, the Monday, we have another Air Max One, the Air Max One Ugly duckling this colorway was inspired by those dunks uh the ugly duckling dunk pack uh, it's a very similar colorway pretty nice looking shoe uh, also on the 19th probably the last pair of shoes that i'm gonna buy this year uh, i'm pretty hyped for these that is the kith solomon gore-tex xt6s really like these colorways very uh they're really they're really fresh looking even though like we've seen so many different colorways now on the solomon xt6s Kit somehow managed to just add their, you know, kit spice, let's call it that, uh, to these shoes. And um, I'm, I'm particularly really liking that blue colorway. Probably that's the one I'm going to go for. Um, also on the 19th, Nike and Stussy. We don't talk about Nike and Stussy enough, but they do a lot of great collabs as well. Uh, they will be dropping the Air Max Penny 2s. Um, two colorways, a all black and then also this lime green and black. Uh, pretty interesting shoes. Very, gives me like very strong CDG foam posit vibes. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm. I, I don't know if I'm gonna pay like full price for it, but if if those if those black pairs drop in price, I would be very obliged to get those. Um, and then on December the twentieth, we have uh, the Off White Terra Formas, which is a brand new model from Nike. Uh, something that Virgil developed uh, before he passed, and probably. <laughs> In my opinion, the craziest shoes he's ever designed because I don't know how someone's supposed to wear these. These look nuts. These look absolutely nuts. I have no clue. I would love to see people try to style these. Uh, those will be dropping December the 20th, I believe, on the sneakers app. December the 21st, we have one more Jordan 1 to finish off the year. The Jordan 1 Twist 2.0, which uh, if you guys remember the Twist 1.0, was pretty much like a panda colorway of the Jordan 1. But instead of using leather on the mudguard, uh, they were using like a fur, I believe, like a panda type of fake fur. 
So uh, that was the difference there. Same materials being used on the Twist 2.0, except this time it's not white and black colorway, it's white and gray. It does look pretty nice. And finally, to end off the year, December the 29th, we'll be seeing the Jordan 2 drop in the Chicago colorway. Uh, fans of the Jordan 2, you guys have been waiting on this colorway to retro for a long time. They will be releasing in the high top version December the 29th to finish off the year. Thank you guys once again for listening to this episode. Do not forget to give us a, a uh, review, a positive review, a five-star review on iTunes as well as Spotify. Share it with a friend, anyone you know who's into sneakers who'd appreciate this podcast. We appreciate you guys as always for listening. Uh, I'm JD. I will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. And I'm Fobs. Thanks for listening. Peace.